Amen. Scam. How many guys have been, have been scammed before? Right? Well, for those of you who don't know what the definition of that, let me read that for you, especially for those of you hooked on dictionaries. It goes like this. It's a scam is a fraudulent or dishonest business scheme. It's kind of like all those uh, chicken fast food joints, Popeye's, KFC, which really stands for keep feeling cruddy. It's like, it's dishonest. It's a scam. Don't do it. Anyway, I digress. But a scam is a dishonest business scheme, a deceptive swindling act, or listen, an operation that fools not just a person, but it could fool a whole group of people. I don't know if you noticed or not, but that's exactly what happened with the COVID pandemic. We should call it the scamdemic, really, because of what they did. Even the lost are starting to catch on to their scam. Watch this. This is crazy. The pandemic created at least 40 new far, big pharma billionaires. Pharmaceutical corporations like Moderna and Pfizer made $1,000 of profit every second from the COVID-19 <laughs> vaccine. More than two-thirds of Congress received campaign funding from pharmaceutical companies in the 2020 election. Pfizer chairman Albert Baller told Time magazine in July 2020 that his company was developing a COVID vaccine for the good of humanity, not for money. And of course, Pfizer made $100 billion okay. in profit right. in 2022. Right. For, Oh, and, and may I just mention that finally, and these are, this is also a fact, that you, the American public, funded the development of that. The German public funded the BioNTech vaccine. When it came to the profits, they took the profits. When it came to the funding, you paid for the funding. If you have right. an economic system in which pharmaceutical companies benefit hugely from medical emergencies, where a military-industrial okay. complex benefits from war, where energy companies benefit from energy crises, you are going to These generate... States of perpetual crisis. Even the lost are starting to catch on. We got scam, folks. And they're going to keep these scams going for their horrible motives. And not just making money, but they're using it to murder people, as we saw before. But that's right, just in case you catch on to their endless scam after scam after scam. And they just still aren't stopping. It's been three years now. They've got another thing to distract us. So that we don't focus on them, the real enemy. I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but did you know there's a new epidemic? And that epidemic is white supremacist babies. I'm serious. Even on Mother's Day, pay attention. This is serious. White supremacist babies. Watch this. Have you or a loved one had a baby recently? We hate to say this, but you might have just brought a white supremacist into the world. Don't worry, though. We're here to help. It's important to always look for clues of racist tendencies in your newborn so that you can nip that in the bud. Here are five troubling signs that your baby might be a white supremacist. Sign number one, he's white, which automatically makes him a racist. If your newborn is white, then sorry, it's game over. Your baby will be irredeemably racist forever. Sad. Sign number two, your baby has no hair, which is a common neo-Nazi hairstyle. Is your baby a skinhead? Having no hair is a colossal red flag. Here's a big one. Shows his white fragility by crying all the time. Crying is a sure sign of defensiveness and a fear of honest conversations around race. Not good. Four, your baby refuses to say black lives matter. Seriously, what is so hard about saying black lives matter? If instead he says things like goo goo gaga, this is even more troubling. The phrase goo goo gaga has 10 letters in it. Do you know what else has 10 letters in it? Heil Hitler. Five, your baby shows colorblindness by playing with other kids regardless of their race. But here's the kicker, colorblindness is racist. Minorities need their own separate spaces without white invaders. Decolonize your playtime, mom and dad. If you remain vigilant, 
you may play a part in preventing another baby from becoming a racist. Uh, unless he's white, of course. There's nothing you can do about that. That video would be funny if what? This is the same kind of media-generated over, go over again, scam. We're being scammed, and here's, I'm going to tell you the reason why they do this. There is racism, but you want to fix racism? You get saved. Because when you become a born-again Christian, the scripture is very clear. Galatians chapter 3, we're all one in Christ. There's neither slave nor Jew, free nor slave, male nor female. We're all one in Jesus Christ. We all come from Adam, right? So that's it. That's your fix. But that's not what they're doing here. There's a motive. And this is where we're being scammed. They keep perpetuating these divisive issues, listen, so that they will keep us divided. And they just keep cramming it every day and it's getting more and more ridiculous. Why? Because, listen, they're not stupid. They're scamming us. As long as we stay divided against each other, as long as we stay mad at each other with these media-generated things, then guess what? We're going to fight against each other and not them, the real enemy. Do you get it? Amen. We're being scammed, and we need to wake up to that. But, hey, that's just the intro. Uh, and this is why we've been seeing the last eight times the reason why they're doing these scams, endless scams, this murderous behavior, this lying behavior, this scam behavior, is from this guy, Klaus Schwab, right? And I'm convinced that what he's doing is he's bringing in what the Bible warned about what happened in the last days. It's called the Antichrist kingdom. Call it whatever you want. That's really what he's building. Him and all his buddies around the world, including in our own unfortunate government at this time. Okay? And we've been seeing that's not a shocker when you discover his history. He grew up in Hitler's Germany. His dad was buddies with the Hitlers. That's his dad there, uh, Eugene uh, 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 Schwab. Okay, he, he ran a company with Hitler. He used slave uh, labor, right? Uh, POW, and stuff. he was a model company for the Nazis. This was Klaus's background. That's how he grew up as a kid, okay? And so basically what he's doing is he's taking Hitler's uh, agenda that he only got as far as Germany, and now he's bringing it to the world. But you can't call it the rise of the Fourth Reich. That's too obvious. So he just calls it the Fourth Industrial Revolution. You think he'd scramble it up a little bit more. Or the Great Reset. And what did he admit? It's on tape. It's everywhere in print. What was the trigger to bring in this new Hitler agenda to the world? Bingo. The COVID pandemic, scandemic, was the trigger to put all this in place, create a global crisis. You can create the outcome. And basically, that's what he's doing in a nutshell, bringing Hitler's goals in Germany to the whole planet. The Bible's the only book on the planet that calls it for what it is. Uh-uh. It's called the Antichrist Kingdom. God's been warning about it for 2,000 years. Now, for proof of that, we've already seen Klaus Schwab and the current Holocaust. 100 estimates, current estimates, conservative estimates with the, the COVID jabs, 116 times more people uh, are going to die than the Jewish Holocaust. That's 700 million, right? Okay, we already saw that. We saw the murderous motive. That's really what they want to do. If you don't go along with the program, you're a useless eater, which is straight out of Hitler's Germany. Uh, global food control. Hitler used that to buy leverage on the people to force them to do things. Global food murders. He also used food to make people dumb and docile and also to kill them off because that's their agenda. Genetic food murders. Okay, Hitler is big into eugenics, and that's being uh, put now even into our food supply. Genetic altering technology not coming already here. We just looked at two of them. CRISPR, we'll see it again shortly, and the mRNA shots, this gene editing technology. It's not coming. It's already here. Then we saw the genetic altering apocalypse. Uh, if it didn't go well in Noah's day, do you think it's going to go well today? No, and it's not, and they even admit it. And then last time, they're not just messing with plants and animals and insects. What are they doing? They're genetically altering us 
humans on a massive scale. Not coming, it's already being done. And we saw that like a frog in the pot. They're warming us up just a little bit here. Get used to that, and they'll bring you into the next stage of genetic modification. The first one was multiple parent babies, three parent babies. God's design is what? Male and female. That's it. But oh, let's just tweak it a little bit. You know, let's add another parent. And then we let that go on for years, and it led to the next one that they're promoting all over the place. Designer humans. Right. And don't you want to be able to, you know, like you go shopping for a car. You don't just take whatever you want. I want a blue one. I want this with this color. Hey, you could do it with your kids now. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Uh, and things of that nature. That's being promoted today as well as manufactured humans. Remember Hitler actually had, most people don't realize, not just he was big in eugenics. He was in that time frame breeding his version with what technology he had at the day, his version of perfect humans. Remember it was Liebensborn plan. Remember that? Well, these guys are doing the same thing. Now they want to mass produce these genetically modified superhumans, better humans than apparently what they think God can make. Okay, it's all being repeated and it's not by chance. Klaus is in a nutshell, basically taking what Hitler did in Germany, only got that far because he lost the war. But now Klaus is bringing it to the planet. And it's called the fourth industrial revolution or the great reset. Remember, it's not just an economic reset. What's the other side? Human reset. The term that they use is not just, listen, it's not just a improved humanity. Their term is human 2.0 or post-human species. What's that? You're not a human anymore. And we're going to see another new term that they've invented. But here's my point. What is all this? Why do we need to study this? Because this is all Bible, man. This is the repeat of the days of Noah. Why do we need to know that today as a Christian? Because Jesus said, listen, it's a huge mega sign. He's getting ready to come back. He doesn't tell us the exact day nor the other rapture. Of course not. We'd probably goof off, right? Until the very end. He knows our hearts, but he gives the signs it's getting close so we're not caught off guard. As it was in the days of who? Noah. So it will. Not maybe not might be at the coming of the Son of Man. What went on in the days of Noah? One of the sins was this hybridization of humanity. And that's what Klaus and the gang is bringing to the planet. Unfortunately, I'm still preaching on it, and it gets worse as we go. Okay, watch this one. The ninth one we're going to see is now, watch this, Klaus Schwab and the genetic... What? Mixing of humans? No. You, mm -hmm. These guys can't leave well enough alone. Right? They're not only genetically modifying, as we saw, insects and plants and animals and us humans, but watch this. They're actually mixing and matching, slicing and dicing our DNA. Listen, they're mixing and matching us with animals on a massive... Listen, and it's been going on for years. And we're going to expose that today. It's sick. And here's my point. This is the exact same type of a hybridization behavior that, listen, God forever punished the fallen angels for leading the rebellion in this, in the Genesis 6 account. But God not only talks about that rebellion and what they did, the hybridization of humanity. He talks about the forever punishment of the demons, the fallen angels that were involved in this in the New Testament. Right? How many times you read this passage and you just blew right through it? Has everything to do with the days of Noah? Open your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 2 is the text we're going to take a look at. And what you're going to see in this is not only he's talking about the sin of the days of Noah led by the fallen angels, the hybridization of mankind that led to God's judgment, the flood. Okay, but you're going to see something that should be encouraging to us. If God didn't like a sin in the past, do you think it's going to like it today? If God ultimately in his time judged a sin in the past, do you think he's going to judge it today? Yeah, exactly. That's what you're going to see here in God's character. And it should encourage us. Nobody's getting away with nothing. If they don't get saved, they're in a heap of trouble with God, right, is the issue. 
Klaus Schwab and all these guys, all the New World Order guys, all these guys who think that their gods are going to improve the planet, if they don't get saved, they are in a heap of trouble with God. That's the issue. And God's very blunt about it. And he gives us several examples of this consistent character of his judgment of sin. But this is what we see. 2 Peter chapter 2 says this, but there were also, and he's talking to the church, there were also false prophets among the people in the past, just as there will be what? False teachers among you. Good thing we don't see false teachers in the church today. It's another sign we're in the last days, man. And here's what these guys are going to do. Tell me this isn't happening today. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing what? Swift destruction on themselves. Hardly anybody's going to follow because at this point, everybody's going to be locked into the scripture and going to be preaching the Bible. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong translation. What's it say there? Many. Context is the church, folks. Are many in the church, what's he say, following their shameful ways and bringing the way of truth into disrepute? Yeah. That's why we're launching home church at GetLifeMedia.net. People can't find a church that will even teach the Bible. This is a sign we're in the last days. Right? Now, in their greed, what? Yeah. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they've made up. You know what that is? I'll translate that for you. That's every false teacher promoting word, faith, false teaching. Perfect health, perfect wealth. They're doing it because they're making money. They're ripping people off. Solo seed of my ministry. If you give me timber, God will give you 100%. You know, all that baloney. This is this passage. God predicted this 2,000 years ago. And the word there, exploit you in the, in the Greek there, it literally means you're like a product in a marketplace. These guys, it ain't about the truth. It's not the truth. They're false teachers. They're doing it on purpose because they're greedy. They're treating you like a product. And the product is you exist to give me your money. Is that happening today? Turn on so-called Christian TV. That's everywhere. It's sick. Many will do that. And that's a sign you're in the last days. But here's the news. They're what? Blessing from God? No. Their condemnation has, has long been hanging over them. God's watching all this. And their destruction has not been sleeping. Oh, it's coming. These guys are in trouble. And then if you don't get that, that's false teachers in the church. Then God gives a, a, a sign of, you know what? He's done it before. He'll do it again with these guys. And watch his examples. For if God did not spare the what? Angels, when they what? Sin. So obviously it's not a holy angel of God. It's what? It's a fallen angel, a demon. Sin, when, uh, but sent them to hell. That's actually Tartarus. Tartarus traditionally was the lowest part of hell itself. Putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment. And if he did not spare the ancient world, the days of Noah, when he brought the flood on the ungodly people who went along with the fallen angels in the Nephilim issue, right? But he what? protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he, God, condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man, and was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men, for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard, and he didn't even have TV cramming this down his throat, or kids in school today cramming it in their minds. If this is so... Then the Lord knows how to listen. What? Number one, rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment or holding them for the day of judgment, depending on the translation there. You may be seated if you can, but how many guys would say that God's pretty consistent? He basically is telling you, I've already shown you many examples in the Bible. If I judged it once, guess what I'm going to do if I see it happen again? I'm going to do it again. But before I bring judgment, what am I going to do? I will rescue the righteous. Who are the righteous? Who are the righteous today? 
Hey, our righteousness is not our own. Our righteousness of ourselves. You just think you're going to get to heaven on your own? It says filthy rags. There's no one righteous, no, not one, right? Our righteousness comes from Jesus Christ. That's what makes us righteous, right? So as he rescued Noah before the first raindrop happened, if he rescued Lot before the fire came down, he rescued him, Lot and his daughters to safety. What's he going to do with you and I when we see a repeat of these behaviors? He's going to rescue us too. It's called the rapture, folks. But that's the good news. But what's the other things? Listen, people say, How, these guys, it's not right that they're, they're getting away with this stuff. It's not right that they're doing all this stuff. It's not right that, but, but listen, if they don't get saved, burn! you can bank on this. The judgment of God is going to come down and he's going to take them out. They will be judged. And not just with the homosexuality, also what was going on that day. Read the text. Not just homosexuality, pedophilia. The boys came with the men to the, remember? All, that, the, all that's being celebrated. Even give it a month to celebrate, June. All that, God's going to have the last word on it. But it isn't just that. What also did he give an example? And if I judge the sin of Noah's day, do you think I'm going to do it again if I see it rise again? Folks, that's what's happening. In a nutshell, that's what's going on with Klaus and the gang. And if you don't believe me that they are literally hybridizing mankind out, just like Genesis 6, once again, let's listen to Yuval Noah Harari, the science advisor, basically the right-hand man guy, if you will, of Klaus and the gang, right? And he admits that they listen. They told in mockery of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. They say that, oh, no, we have God-like powers now, and we'll do whatever we want to humanity. Watch this. It's on tape. It's crazy. God is dead, according to the World Economic Forum, who have also declared that Jesus is fake news and that WEF leaders have acquired divine powers to rule over humanity. According to the WEF, a new one world religion has arrived and it unites all of humanity in worshipping at the altar of climate science, techno-communism and eugenics. If you find it hard to believe Klaus Schwab's WEF would go this far, you clearly haven't been paying attention to developments in recent times. Klaus Schwab's right-hand man, Yuval Noah Harari, has announced that the WEF has been so successful in its plans that it's acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. The blasphemy doesn't stop there. Harari also promises that the WEF will turn humans into gods. Developing even bigger powers than ever before, we are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. We are acquiring for the, the power to re-engineer life. The WEF is also increasingly hostile to Christianity and other major religions. If you read between the lines just a little, it's clear that the WEF is consciously attempting to supplant Jesus. I mean, all this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. Humans are now hackable animals. We don't need to wait for Jesus Christ to come back to earth in order to overcome death. A couple of geeks in a laboratory can do it. I will stand over here while the lightning bolt gets you. See, you may think you're getting away with that blasphemous statement. But if you don't get saved, God's going to get you. Your condemnation has not long been sleeping. He's watching this. It's sad. But again, what are we talking about? They think they're gods. What's that? Genesis 3. You ever think that was interesting? Genesis 3. What was the lie of Genesis 3? Satan came to Adam and Eve. Don't do it God's way. 
I, I know you watched God with creation, Adam, and named all the animals, and you know God's the creator of all life. But if you do it Satan's way, you'll become like God. Three chapters later, didn't take long, what did you have? They tried to play God, listening to demons, fallen angels, and they hybridized mankind now. This is what these guys, they think they're God now. With science and technology, they're going to hire. It's the same thing being repeated. It's nuts. And dare I say, from Genesis 3 to Genesis 6, uh, it happened pretty quick. And this is what's going on with these guys. And if you're wondering, like, well, why are we seeing the resurgence of basically Hitler's eugenics program on steroids with modern technology and, and people making statements like this that it's not just they're wanting to do it, they're willing to do it, they're already doing it, but they say, <laughs> we're going to be God, we're going to prove it. Part of the reason why, believe it or not, is we brought some of these guys back from Nazi Germany after the war. It wasn't just scientists and chemists and guys who work on rockets. It was these guys doing human experimentation. It was called Operation Paperclip. Watch this. In 1945, a Polish lab technician discovered pieces of paper floating in a toilet at Bonn University. Little did he know, the discovery would trigger one of the most controversial intelligence initiatives in United States history. When around 1,600 Nazi scientists were recruited to the U.S. Those pieces of paper were fragments of the Ossenberg List, a roll call of Nazi Germany's top scientists, rocketeers, and engineers. Nazi leaders aimed to identify and reassign them from the battle to the laboratory in the desperate hope of turning the tide of the war. But when the war in Europe ended and Nazi Germany was defeated, news of the Ossenberg List made it into the hands of U.S. intelligence, where it was seen as an opportunity for the U.S. government to recruit the scientists for themselves. At the end of the war, and with the approval of President Harry S. Truman, Operation Paperclip commenced in 1945. It was so secret, even the Justice Department's Nazi hunters whose job it was to track down Nazis for criminal prosecution, didn't know of its existence. Between 1945 and 1959, around 1,600 Nazi scientists were recruited as part of the operation. Many had previously served as high-ranking Nazi officials, including infamous aerospace engineer Werner von Braun, creator of the Third Reich's deadly V-2 rockets, weapons used to bomb London, England during the war. Due to Operation Paperclip, Von Braun became director of NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center. Specialists in chemistry, physics, and electronic engineering were also hired. No paperclip recruits were ever charged or held accountable for their war crimes. And many went on to live happy, successful lives as U.S. citizens. Two wrongs don't make a right. We had to do this, but otherwise they would go into the hands of the Russians, or how about bringing them to trial like the rest of them? Then nobody get their hands on them. But hey, I mean, as crazy as that is, I mean, that guy ends up going heads up NASA and stuff. That's wild. Uh, but um, at least they didn't bring over these eugenicist guys doing human experimentation. I'm just going to give you two examples. Remember, 1600. I'll just give you two easy examples to prove it to you. Walter Schreiber, he was one of them who came over with Operation Paperclip and, quote, was linked to human experiments conducted in Ravensbrück in the concentration camp there. He got to come over here. What in the world is that going on? And then this guy, watch this. This is Kurt Blom, Bloom, however you pronounce his name. German guy was guilty of practicing, listen, euthanasia 
and conducting experiments on humans, even admitted he experimented, watch this, with what? Plague vaccines on concentration camp prisoners. And what have we been dealing with the last three years? I wonder where we're getting all these ideas from. Now, again, this isn't the only reason why, as we saw before, the eugenics movement started in Britain, came to America, and then influenced Hitler. But then to make it worse, we bring some of these guys back. And you wonder why it's a surprise now? Oh, by the way, a lot of these guys also went to other parts of the world. And you wonder why you let them go. What do we see right now? People who think that eugenics is the way to go. This is their version. This is what the, the great reset isn't just an economic reset. It's what? It's a human reset. These guys are arrogant, thinking that they don't need Jesus Christ anymore. We can now do it. We're gods. We can do it. And guess what? All they're doing is inviting the judgment of God. He's faithful. If he did it last time, what's he going to do this time? He's going to do it again. I'm going to give you two examples today of this is what Klaus and the gang are doing. They're inviting God's judgment, just like Noah's day with the fallen angels did, with CRISPR humans. CRISPR humans. Now, if you were here a couple studies back, we dealt with this CRISPR technology. But for those of you who have short-term memory problems, and we'll just leave it at that because we don't want to cause a church division. But anyway, uh, then let's remind ourselves, what is CRISPR? Because some of you may have left here going like, that's how Pastor Billy cooks. You ever been to his house? <laughs> it was like a milk bone. Now, granted, my teeth were white after I was done chewing on that thing. But no, that's not what it is. Let's remind ourselves, what is CRISPR technology? Let's take a look. CRISPR is an acronym. It stands for... Clustered, regularly interspaced, short, palindromic repeats. CRISPR is a biological tool that can be used to edit genes. Think of it like a biological pair of scissors that can cut DNA, but also has a component that can insert DNA. Gene editing can now be done in ways that used to be really difficult, or if not, impossible before. So this CRISPR tool can quickly and efficiently tweak almost any gene in any plant or animal. Researchers already have used it to fix genetic diseases in animals, to combat viruses, and to sterilize malaria-causing mosquitoes. They've also been used to prepare pig organs for human transplants, or to create glowing animals, including dogs, cats, and rabbits. The CRISPR tool was first described in 2012, and since then, there's been a massive realization of how powerful this tool is. CRISPR has so much power that there have been calls to be careful on how humans use it. It's super low cost and can be done by researchers or even someone in their backyard garage. Backyard garage. garage. What did, uh, yeah, I pronounced it wrong. I'm sorry, garage. <laughs> garage. Whatever you want to call it. What did you, Noah Harari, say? A couple geeks in the laboratory could do. It's getting so over too. He, he was not using hyperbole when he said that. I'll get to that in a second. But what, what are you, CRISPR, just, just a rehash and we've got to move on. CRISPR is what? A gene editing technology. It came out at least in 2012. That's when they at least admitted it. Uh, all this technology we're looking as creepy as it is, especially what we're going to see here today, Lord knowing. Uh, my general rule is this. We're 20 to 30 to 40 years behind the actual technology. So if you admitted you had this ability in 2012, what else have you been doing in the lab that you're not telling us about? That's the real bombshell. Okay, but still, 2012, that's when they came out with it. And what's it do? It allows them to slice and dice individual strands of DNA from anything. Plants, animals, they mentioned insects, glow-in-the-dark animals, whatever you want to do. Humans, whatever. Uh, and you're editing. You're just taking things in, putting things out, slicing, deleting, whatever. Like, like film strips in a movie. Remember that? So, again, this is technology. 2012. And you know what's really sad? This is Hitler on... Can you imagine if Hitler had CRISPR? 
But we already saw last time he had a, a breeding program. Remember that? What if he had this? What would he have done? Well, here's the sick thing. These guys are already using CRISPR on humans, starting with babies, which to me is you're really in a heap of trouble with God because babies can't give consent. It's human experimentation. It's already being done. They're CRISPRing babies. Watch this. Can we expect a future of gene-edited designer babies? Do we want one? In October of 2018, two seemingly healthy babies were born in China. There was something different about them. Nana and Lulu were the world's first gene-edited babies. A scientist, He Jiangqi, had used the gene-editing technique CRISPR-Cas9 to alter their DNA when they were embryos. He targeted a gene called CCR5 with the goal of making them resistant to HIV. Gene editing could be used to wipe out diseases, but it could also be used to augment humans, altering intelligence, athletic ability, vision, appearance, and more. This could forever change what it means to be human. Well, stop right there, on tape. Can we translate that last phrase? What did you just say? With this technology, we can what? We cannot just alter humans. What does it mean? It will change what it means to be a human. Can I go one step further? What's that mean? Non-human. And notice how they pitch it. It's the same lying panacea. Well, we've got to do this because it's going to save the planet. It's going to help kids out. It's going to get rid of diseases, blah, blah. Hey, if it didn't go well the first time, do you think it's going to go well this time? No. But see, they pitch it that way because that was just step one, kids. Because kids, you know, they can't say, no, I don't want this happening to me. They just go along for the ride. But they're pitching it as the panacea to fix all kinds of problems, not just babies inside the womb, but us adults outside the womb. Maybe, maybe that will fix our diseases, you know, after we've been born. And how many of you guys have been born? Raise your hand. <laughs> Those of you didn't raise your hand, you're freaking me out. Right? Uh, last time I checked, you've been born. Okay, but, but listen, they're already not just crispering kids. They're crispering adults. Not coming. It's already being done. And not just in China. I heard some of you guys, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, China, communist country. Don't believe in God. You're like, they're doing it here in the United States a supposed Christian nation, which, by the way, sorry to drop the bomb on you, the, stati the statistics come back every time they do a, a, a polling of America. Right? You say, hey, are you a Christian? Always comes back in the high 80s or mid 80s, something like that. But when you get specific and you say, are you a Christian, meaning that you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again from the grave for your sins, that he's the only way to heaven. When you get specific like that, We're not a Christian nation anymore, folks. If we were, we wouldn't be in this shape. But that's just a little side issue. But they're crispering humans as well outside the womb. Watch this. Chinese scientists are about to become the first in the world to inject people with genetically modified cells using a special gene editing process. Starting next month, the team of scientists plans on testing the cells they edit in patients with incurable lung cancer who haven't responded to other treatments. It's called CRISPR, and it works like a text editor of sorts. The technique manipulates DNA by cutting certain sections and then adding new sequences or removing them altogether. And it's not much of a surprise, China wanted to get a jump on human CRISPR experimentation. It's the first in this area pretty regularly. It had the first CRISPR-edited human embryos and the first CRISPR-edited monkeys. A similar experiment was approved recently in the U.S. In that experiment, scientists are also hoping to get the immune system to fight cancer cells, but the experiment in China will still be the first. 
There have been a lot of ethical and safety concerns surrounding this type of gene editing. In 2015, a group of scientists published a letter in Nature warning against editing the kinds of genetic code that gets passed on. In other words, anybody from that point forward is completely altered. It's irrevocable. You can't put it back. And it's happening, not just babies, but now adults, the whole spectrum, not coming, already being done. But of course, they got to pitch it. It sounds good, especially for us adults who've already been born. I mean, because wouldn't you like to be super intelligent? Now, again, that's, I'm, I'm throwing out some dangerous phrases here today that could cause church splits. But so, I mean, listen, listen to how they're, listen, if you let us crisper you, this is what you could have. And I quote, listen to this, listen to how they pitch it. Super intelligent humans are coming. Genetic engineering will one day create the smartest humans that have ever lived. And listen to how high they want to crank it up. Variations in human DNA, which combined in the ideal fashion, could lead to individuals with intelligence as higher than has ever existed on Earth. Crudely speaking, we're talking about IQs on the order of 1,000. 160 is genius. 1,000? But they admit this, watch this. However, this could lead to an inequality of a kind never before experienced in the human history. Well, duh. Do you think the average Joe would get this upgrade? Of course not. I still think God's going to stop it. But this is literally what they believe. They have the technology in their hand. We are going to make Einstein's intelligence look like a drooling preschool baby. And they're not joking, folks. This is why they think they're gods now. They don't need, we don't need to wait for Jesus. We got divine powers. But here's my point. What did God do last time this happened? Bang! He judged him. What did he do before that judgment came? He rescued his people. It's all being repeated again today. Now, of course, that's Genesis 6, Nephilim. Most people kind of heard of Nephilim as kind of a negative term, right? So if these guys, Klaus and the game, were to come, hey, everybody. Just want to let you know we're launching the Fourth Reich. I mean, the Fourth Industrial Revolution. We're going to do a great reset on the planet, not just an economic reset, but it's a human reset, and we're going to turn all of you into Nephilim. <laughs> kind of freak people out. Would you agree? So what do they do? They always do this, folks, to every agenda. They change the terminology, and then they spin it and make it sound like, oh, it's wonderful. You can't say Nephilim. That's too obvious. So you know what the new term is? Augmented humanity. Doesn't that sound great? You're just augmented a little bit. And Klaus uses this phrase all the time. This is his agenda. He wants to augment humanity into something that's not human. In fact, here's this article. They are quoting him saying this, right? Quote, uh, with the augmented humanity, it will, quote, disrupt leadership. Are you prepared? It's crazy, okay? And they're not just promoting that, this new augmented humanity, which is really the Nephilim issue. You're not human anymore. As the greatest thing. And listen, and then they put the pressure on it. We've not only got to do this, but if we don't do it and we don't go along with changing you into an augmented human, the planet will blow up. I'm not joking. Listen to what they say about the new augmented humanity. After all, a war in which CRISPR augmented super soldiers face off against standard humans hardly seems like a fair fight. Unequal access is also a concern. Today, affluent families can afford private schools, training, tools, equipment, and opportunities to set their children up for success. What if wealthy parents could not only buy the best schooling available, but also pay to boost their child's intelligence and athletic ability, all while limiting their susceptibility to injury and illness? 
the divide between the rich and the poor could become even more pronounced, limiting potential for upward mobility and creating clear genetic differences between classes. A brave new world, indeed. On the other hand, couldn't we all potentially reap the benefits from advances made by augmented humans? Humans with enhanced intelligence could be better able to cure cancer, solve the problem of aging, and address our economic and environmental woes. If the augmented were to solve some of humanity's grand challenges, it would improve the lives of all humans, augmented or not. By delaying augmented humans, we could unintentionally delay solutions to pressing problems facing humanity, perhaps even until it's too late. You can't do that. We're all gonna die. If we don't create Nephilim, I mean, if we don't augment humanity, we won't have the intelligence with these super people to fix our problems because the rest of us dum-dums don't know how to, you've got to do it. You see this? ridiculousness of this? They're pitching. I wonder what commercials they had in Noah's day. <laughs> That's how they do it. No, and what they're doing is, no, you're not going to save the planet. You're actually inviting the judgment of God. But again, that's the term, and I throw that out there because I want you to do your own research. Look for augmented humanities or augmented humans. Also look for human 2.0 and post-humans. That's their terms, because you can't say Nephilim. That's too obvious. Okay? But remember uh, Yvonne Noah Harari's statement? A couple of geeks in the laboratory could do it now. He wasn't joking. You see, because you might be on that, well, okay, obviously I ain't got the money to augment my intelligence. I mean, that'd be great, but I, can you imagine how much this stuff costs? CRISPR technology is getting so prevalent nowadays. I'm not joking. They are actually selling CRISPR kits for home use online that you could buy right now. You know what the website is? I'm not going to tell you. Don't even go there. <laughs> but listen, I'm not joking. It's only 150 bucks to augment yourself at home. Watch this. This is crazy. When you think of the genetic engineering that's happening in the world today, you probably imagine it happening at a university or a big biotechnology firm full of people in white lab coats using sophisticated and expensive equipment to do the complex and delicate work of gene editing. For most people, this is probably a pretty reassuring image. It's all so professional and well-regulated, right? Well, as it turns out, there is a do-it-yourself gene therapy kit available online that allows you to edit genomes at home. Until recently, editing DNA required sophisticated labs, years of experience, and several thousands of dollars. But with the breakthrough of a genetic engineering tool called CRISPR-Cas9 that is not only fast but also cheap and relatively easy, gene editing has entered a new era. Now you can order a DIY genetic engineering home lab kit for just under $150 that allows anyone to re-engineer DNA in surprising ways. Now everybody can be augmented. I mean Nephilim. I mean augmented. I mean human to opponent. I mean post-human at home. What do you say? We don't need to wait for Jesus Christ to come back to earth in order to overcome death. Quote, a couple geeks in the laboratory can do it. Guys are arrogant. Now, on the one hand, they'll admit that, and they sell it as a panacea, and they even pressure you and say, we've got to do this. The planet's going to blow up. Oh. At the same time, they admit that, you know what? We're flirting with fire. We really technically don't know what we're doing, but we're doing it anyway. Now, you think I'm joking. I'm not. On tape, these guys admit that the DNA 
in all of life, including humans, is so complex. Shocker, it came from God. Okay, but it's so complex that yes, they have the technology, CRISPR, that they can take out an individual strand, put it back together, take out an individual strands, mix and match with something else, including animals, put it back together. But what they freely admit is they're learning now that that one strand that maybe had a negative trait to it, like, okay, you could probably end up developing cancer, but we'll take that out so you won't. Listen, they admit on tape that it is so complex that that one negative trait, oops, it also contained 13 other positive traits that we just took out, and we can't put it back. Oops, hope it's okay. In fact, they admit on tape that, guess what? It deletes a lot of things that I hope you don't need down the road on tape. Watch this. With all the hubbub about CRISPR in the news, it may feel like using it to pick your kid's eye color is just around the corner. But this seemingly miraculous gene editing technology may not actually be as simple or as safe as we thought. CRISPR permanently alters your genome. Several new studies released in the last few months suggest that we need to be more cautious when editing the human genome. Two of these studies found that when CRISPR performs its hallmark trick and cuts DNA, that damage can kill the cell or make it stop growing. CRISPR modifications are also less likely to kill cells that have a defective version of a gene called P53. P53 plays a role in preventing the onset of cancer by regulating a cell's life cycle. So by leaving more of the defective cells alive than healthy ones, CRISPR may be inadvertently raising the risk of cancer in that patient, which is like the opposite of the goal. And we haven't even gotten to the most recent study that raises concerns. Up until now, CRISPR-Cas9's cutting function has been accurate in the specific area of interest, the spot in the DNA that's supposed to be cut. But that's because researchers were only looking for mutations caused by CRISPR in the immediate vicinity of the cut. New research reveals that in about 20% of cells, CRISPR results in much larger deletions than we thought, up to more than 100 base pairs. Researchers didn't notice this before because they were looking for harmful mutations and didn't see any, but that's because the entire region was gone. <laughs> Oops, hope you didn't need that. But we're still doing it anyway. And then we're pitching it as we've got to do this to alter humanity, save the planet. And it's crazy. The world's gone mad. We're in the last days. They're repeating the sin of Noah's day. I'm sure they had all their phraseologies and propaganda pitching this Nephilim hybrid issue is a great thing. It's going to save the, it's inviting the judgment of God. In fact, speaking of arrogance, remember Jennifer Doudna, we saw a couple studies back. She was the co-inventor of CRISPR technology. Remember how she shared in that one? Uh, interview we saw that she had a dream of Hitler right after she invented this, perfected it. She's in this interview I'm going to show you, she mentions that dream again, but then she shrugs it off like, oh, we can't let fear stop us. Then she admits we can use this to make non-humans on tape. They know what they're doing, folks. Watch this. Are designer babies with enhanced intelligence or strength just around the corner? The technology that makes this important conversation possible is called CRISPR, a revolutionary gene editing tool that allows uh, scientists to make precise changes to the DNA in any cell or organism. So fairly early on in the development of the CRISPR technology, I had a dream in which a scientist was introducing me to a man in a, in a dark room, and when that man turned around, it was Adolf Hitler asking me to describe to him how the CRISPR technology worked and tell him how it could be useful. 
and uh, I woke up from that dream with a, a real start and that was one of the things that motivated me to begin discussing publicly the implications. At the same time, over the last few years, I've come to feel that the greatest problem may be fear itself. I think that it's very important to understand that the CRISPR technology has the potential to do many beneficial things for society and to reject that technology because we are uncertain about the way it may be used in the future, I think would be a, a mistake. One of the reasons scientists are so excited about the CRISPR technology is that it can be used to correct mutations that cause genetic disease like cystic fibrosis or Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Gene editing can also be used in the germline. That means in eggs or sperm or embryos. And when changes are made to DNA in those cells, the trait can be passed on to all of their future descendants. So it gives us now uh, the power to change the very nature of what makes us human. What she admit? We can make you into a non-human. They know what they're floating with. It's nuts. I mean, you would think the dream about Hitler would kind of wake you up. But she shrugged it off. We shouldn't be afraid of that. Look at all these great things going to happen, including are you human when we're done with you? How far can you go and you're no longer human with this? We'll actually answer that at the end of the study here shortly. But just in case you don't go along with their propaganda, it's augmented humanity. We've got to save the planet. It's good for the babies. It's good for, it's good for everybody. It's going to save us all. A utopia, super intelligence. It's going to be wonderful. Hollywood, once again, who works for Klaus Nagani, is out there promoting this reality. That guess what? Hey, just, I know it sounds freaky, but uh, just get used to the idea that we're the last true humans on the planet. Okay? And when they get done, all that's going to be left is a bunch of hybrids. I mean, definitely. I mean, hybrids. The latest propaganda piece is a show on Netflix. It's called Sweet Tooth. Watch how they get used to people's ideas in their brains. Where the last humans, hybrids are coming. Watch this. At the beginning of the episode, a man named Aditya Singh narrates his daily life as a doctor. He and his wife Rani live a happy and simple life together until one day at work, a woman with a strange disease visits the doctor. Her pinky finger moves aggressively as a symptom of the disease. A new kind of virus named H5G9 is discovered in her blood. The very next day, Aditya goes to work to see several such cases. The government declares the outbreak as an emergency, claiming that the H5G9 virus is the deadliest virus of all time. Experts predict the number of infected people will reach higher than it did during the Black Plague. Chaos ensues in the world as shops, factories, and hospitals start closing. One day, the doctor wakes up to his wife coughing on the floor. She too has gotten the virus. He rushes her to the hospital through the crowd of people, all facing the same situation. While at the hospital, Aditya is called by a nurse who seems to be in shock. The maternity ward is full of newborn babies who all have features of different animals. The word soon gets out as every baby in the world is born as a human and animal hybrid. People start to hate the babies, saying that they are the ones who caused the virus outbreak. Others believe that the virus caused such babies to be born, but no one knows for sure how they came into existence. It's like the chicken and the egg, except it's what came first, the deadly virus or the mutant animal babies. You think we'll make it as long as them? Chances aren't great for us, are they? Hey, you ever think about how we're the last humans on Earth? 
There won't be another generation after us. Ah, but there is. Just put that little dig in there. In case you don't get the whole premise of the show. We could be here all days with Hollywood movie series binge-watching shows that are basically telling us in the background to get it used in your head, we're the last true humans on the planet. Get used to it. And when they're done, it's just hybrids. But it's okay. Hybrid freaks out too much. It's human 2.0. Wouldn't you want to have an upgrade? It's post-human species. No, it's augmented humanity. We've got to do this to save the planet. This is sick. This is Hitler on steroids. It's going way beyond Germany. It's across the globe. And it's a repeat of the days of Noah. But wait a second. Those babies were not just altered humans. They were what? Half human, half animal. They wouldn't be doing that as well, would they? Remember the dream that uh, Jennifer Downer had, the first interview, if you recall? She reiterated in the second interview. She left out one part. She told us another little nugget in that last stream, the first time we saw it. It wasn't just Hitler came to her. It was Hitler with a what? A pig nose. Remember that? Why would, if that did come from God, a dream come to warn you that this is Hitler on steroids, would he use Hitler with a pig nose? Because that's the other sin that they're promoting, not coming, already being done by these same people. And it's the same line rationale. We've got to now combine humans with animals in order to save the planet, to fix the organ donor crisis that's worldwide. We'll learn and be able to eradicate disease. It's just, I'm not joking. And it's not just a theory. It's already being done. And let me show you for how long this has been being done. And it's still in print. I just checked it again this week. As far back as 2011, that's when this article was written, 150 human-animal hybrids were already grown in the UK labs. That was back in 2011. Still in print. And I quote, the hybrids have been produced secretly over the past three years by researchers looking into possible cures for a wide range of diseases. 2011. Quote, the creation of a variety of hybrids known as, listen, cybrids, when an animal egg is fertilized with a human sperm or a chimera when a human nucleus is implanted into an animal cell or human cells are mixed with animal embryos. Quote, they even admit in this article, if ethically, it's dabbling in the grotesque. Yeah, really. But listen to this. They even warn. A group of leading scientists are now warning about these, listen, Planet of the Apes experiments. Speaking of Hollywood, did they do a reboot of that series, that movies? Yeah, I wonder why. They called for new rules to prevent lab animals being given human attributes, for example, by injecting human stem cells into the brain of primates. What's that? That's Planet of Apes, man. They say it will lead to a scenario in which, quote, work on human-animal creations goes too far. Why? Because man-human-animal hybrids have also been created, listen, in many other countries which have little or no regulation. That's assuring. And again, here's how they pitch it. If we do this, combine humans and animals, we'll be able to cure all kinds of diseases and get rid of the organ donor shortage crisis around the whole world. No. Now you're really not a human. And if God judged this last time, what's he going to do? He's going to judge it again. You wonder why Jesus Christ is coming back, folks. Yes, to pour out uh, God's wrath, and, and he's going to rescue us just like the days of Noah, the days of Lot first. Then he's going to pour out. He's going to have the last word. But if he doesn't come back, when these guys, if, if these guys, there's no humans left. But again, chimeric humans. Now, let me, I gave you the word, the buzzwords for 
augmented humanity, human 2.0, post-human species, because it's all over the place. And when you see that in print from these same guys, that's what they're talking about. Let me give you the buzzwords now for human-animal hybrids. Now, in that article, they already mentioned one, cybrids. That's what they mean by a, a cybrid. Chimera, human-animal chimeras, human-animal hybrids, parahumans, P-A-R-A, parahumans, or this one's from Japan. This was in 2019. Japan approved scientists plan to create the world's first humanimals. So that's their term. That was 2019. What else you got in the lab that we don't know about? What have you been doing for the last 20 years we don't know about? 30 years. This is sick. The island of Dr. Moreau. That's an interesting concept. Now, as crazy as that sounds, let me give you just a handful. We could be here all day with not coming, already being done, human-animal hybrids. Watch this. Scientists around the world are at work creating real half-human, half-animal hybrids. It may sound like something out of a science fiction, but combining human DNA with animal DNA is no longer a thing of movies. The rabbit man grown in a dish. The first successful human-animal hybrid was developed in a laboratory dish in Shanghai, China in 2003. A team of ambitious scientists joined human cells into rabbit eggs to create embryos of a new creature that was half rabbit and half human. They may have been the first to succeed, but they were certainly not the first to try it. Scientists in the United States had also been trying to make animal-human hybrids of their own. But can you imagine what a human with bunny ears might have looked like? The mouse with a human ear. Back in 1997, a team of Harvard and MIT scientists bioengineered a mouse with a human ear on its back. The scientists placed a biodegradable scaffolding in the shape of a human ear inside the mouse. The scaffolding was then slowly absorbed by the mouse's body and turned into an actual biological human ear consisting of actual cartilage and flesh, goats and cows that lactate human milk. Back in 2009, a group of Russian and Belarusian scientists genetically modified goats to produce human breast milk. Their ultimate goal was to harvest human breast milk on assembly line, sure that people would flock to their local grocery stores for the chance to buy a bottle for their family. The Russian team even advertised that its human milk would make delicious cheese. And they weren't the only ones to somewhat succeed at their experiment. Shortly after their success, a group of Chinese scientists went on to make a whole herd of 300 cattle that produced human milk, mice with human brains. It's one thing to put a human ear on a mouse's back, but in 2014, a team of researchers decided to seriously blur the line between human and animal by giving mice millions of human brain cells. The researchers replaced almost every single cell in the mice's brains with human cells, leaving only the original mouse neurons intact. Once inside, the human cells almost completely took over the mouse brains, and within a year, their glial cells had been completely replaced by human brain cells. The average adult human brain has about 10 billion cells, and each of these mice ended up having about 12 million human cells at work inside their tiny little hybrid brains, the human-chimpanzee hybrid. If two Chinese scientists are to be believed, in 1967, they came close to creating a human-chimpanzee hybrid, and they would have actually succeeded had the experiment not been shut down early. The two scientists from Shenyang claimed they undertook an experiment in which they successfully impregnated a female chimpanzee with human sperm. Yep, that's right. Their goal was to create a whole new, more highly evolved chimpanzee with a larger brain and a wider mouth. They even hoped that the new creature would be able to speak. Unfortunately, the plans they had in mind for this hybrid weren't the most pleasant. The idea was to use it as a slave by making it drive carts and herd sheep, pigs with half-human blood. As if trying to get human milk out of cows wasn't unsettling enough, the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota took things a step further by creating the first pig with half-human blood flowing through its veins. They did so by injecting human stem cells into a pig fetus. And you might be wondering, why? 
The purpose of the experiment was to see how human and pig cells would interact when they were fused together. It turned out some of the cells stayed separate, and their new hybrid creature had purely human and purely pig source cells in different parts of its body. But others actually fused together to make DNA that had never been seen before. In particular, the animal had a type of blood that the world had never seen before, created out of the fusion of human and pig DNA. The result was an animal that may have looked like a normal pig on the outside, but on the inside, it had half human, half pig cells throughout its entire body. Researchers have created the first embryo that's made of both sheep and human DNA. Researchers used genetic editing tools to put human stem cells inside a sheep embryo. They found the embryos grew. This procedure shows they might be used to grow human body parts, even if they're in a different species embryo. But some scientists are concerned the method isn't ethical. Having that many human cells in an animal leaves a slim chance it could develop unnaturally human qualities, like altered intelligence. Altered intelligence in an animal? Human intelligence in an animal? Yeah, they actually not say, oh, it's an ethical concern, but they're still doing it anyway. Uh, let me give you a couple more buzzwords. Giving animals human intelligence, not coming, already being done. You saw it with the mice, brain, human. This is the term. It's called an uplift. Look for that in print, uplift. We're giving animals an uplift. The second one, a little bit more blunt, brain boost. We're giving them a brain boost. And listen how they pitch it. Because once again, not only augments humanity, but if we start mixing humans and animals, that will also fix our problems to save the planet. I'm not joking. Listen to this. Here's a propaganda piece. Humanity might someday meddle in other creatures on this planet and bestow upon them the gift of full sapience. That is the ability for animals to argue, ponder, store information, appraise, discuss, create, express, manipulate tools so they can join us in the problematic task of being worthy planetary managers. I mean, what's wrong with lending a hand to others across nature's chasm so they can join us in building starships? Novels portray a future in which sapient dolphins and apes serve on our councils, offer their own styles of wisdom and art and insight, enriching Earth civilization, quote, that is no longer only human. This is their version of utopia. Oh, by the way, did you see the ape experiment trying to combine with the half human, half ape? That's not just Planet of the Apes. What was their goal? To create slaves. This is what Klaus and the gang are up to. Their version, after they want to annihilate 90% of the planet, who is left alive, they also want to manipulate, but it's to manipulate you genetically to be a better slave for them. What, what, what are we talking about here? You're messing with humanity. You're turning humans into non-humans. It's not coming, it's already being done. What is this? This is the days of Noah. What did God do last time this happened on the planet? He judged it. What's he going to do it again? But what did he do before one ounce of judgment came down? He took the faithful, the righteous, out. That's how close we are. But they admit it's no longer only a human environment, okay? And again, they even admit, just like Jennifer Dalna, well, okay, yeah, that Hitler dream with a pig nose, you know, <laughs> it kind of, kind of freaked me out, gave me a start, but I'm still doing it anyway. These guys know the dangers they're flirting with human-animal hybrids, and they're still doing it anyway. And they admit, yeah, it's probably dangerous. Watch this. This is crazy, right? That was an uplift of giving mice human speech genes. Not just with the brains. They want to give them human speech genes so they can help mice. That was almost 10 years ago. What kind of freaky world are we headed for?
But again, watch what they admit. This is uh, just a little bit dangerous, what we're doing. We're in an age of wonders, of awesome scientific revolution. The reality is that any day now, we'll be eating super salmon, the first genetically modified creatures approved for human consumption. And of course, modified plants like soybeans are already on the menu. But the revolution doesn't end there. Scientists can now re-engineer our lives in ways you never thought possible. Most controversially of all, they have the power to create designer animals with organs specifically for human transplants. So prepare to be amazed and maybe just a little bit afraid. Sometimes you just got to say no to certain technologies. Just because it can be done doesn't mean that it should be done. And with these salmon, I'm telling you, it shouldn't be done and they should never be released into our oceans and into our rivers. Washington lawyer and scientist Andrew Kimbrell is one of America's most outspoken campaigners against genetic engineering. These genetically engineered crops and fish can cause new allergies, they can lower the nutrition in the food, they can cause toxicological responses. Food that was formerly safe can now become toxic. We've never done any long-term testing on these foods and yet we've let them into our supermarkets and we're feeding millions of people this food. It's in America that much of the genetic revolution is now taking place. And it's happening in the most unlikely locations. So how many pigs have you got in the program? We've got about 200 pigs on the farm. And of those, about now 100 of them are clones. From this isolated farm in rural Virginia, Dr. David Ayres is pioneering genetic research he believes will revolutionize food production, medicine, and even warfare. This is one of our cloned babies for our xenotransplantation product. What a little beauty. This little piggy is a very special little piggy. It's been genetically engineered to make its organs suitable for transplantation into humans. Genes that would normally cause organ rejection by the human body have been removed from the DNA of these pigs. And human genes have been added to further improve compatibility. So, in effect, these pigs are part human. We have the opportunity to kind of turn the transplant field on its head and you know, solve the, the organ shortage crisis. We've got 80,000 people you know, waiting on uh, organ lists, dying waiting for those organs. We have the chance to have an unlimited supply. But while trial transplants into baboons have begun, there's serious concerns about the health risks these organs might pose. There's already evidence that benign viruses, which exist naturally in pigs, could be transferred to humans with catastrophic consequences. We know this is how AIDS was created. We know that almost all these terrible flus, SARS that we just went through, uh, swine flu, uh, avian flu, mad cow disease, we know these diseases, many of which we cannot e even detect, go from animals to humans. And now the, the brilliant idea is to take these organs and put them directly into humans. If you want to have a, a, a good guess, a good gamble on when the next, where the next plague is coming from, it will come from xenotransplantation. Despite all the assurances, genetically modified animals have made it into the food chain. So far, none with exotic viruses, but certainly some pigs and possibly other animals with human genes have slipped through. It is very probable that somewhere in America right now, hopefully not the person you're looking at, uh, has already consumed an animal with human genes in it. And uh, really? Yes. So a sausage on the barbecue could well contain human genes. Could have human genes in it. Absolutely right. Hot dogs, 
eat them because they taste so good. But what's in them is not so good. You know, we've learned to accept it. But I don't know if you'll feel so accepting after this. The company Clear Foods recently analyzed 345 hot dog and sausage products from 75 brands and retailers and found... Are you hot dog lovers ready for this? Human DNA in 2% of the samples and in two-thirds of the vegetarian samples. Well, this is where the magic happens, I guess. This is the cloning lab. So there seems no end to what scientists can achieve by mixing and matching the genes of various life forms. But just how far should they go in reshaping our world? Already, biotech companies have created featherless chickens, animals that glow in the dark, tomatoes containing fish genes, and even mice with human ears grafted to their backs. Do a few researchers have the wisdom, have the right, to change forever the permanent genetic code of salmon, of all the crops of the world, of all the animals of the world, of human beings for fun and profit? Do they have that right? No, you don't. But you know why they're doing it? Because in their arrogance, just like Genesis, we have achieved godlike powers. We don't need to wait for Jesus Christ to come back. We can fix humanity's problems now. Become gods ourselves. This is it. It's all being a repeat of the days Noah. And they admit that, guess what? Ethically, yeah, we're not just flirting with danger there. How many guys are going to have a hot dog today? We'll just, we'll leave you alone there. We'll just let you do your thing. But they admit that here's also, and this is in print, what we're messing with. See, we can, we're inserting human genes into, they, they seem the pig. Uh, and then it's going to grow a human heart. And then it'll be custom tailored genetically to that human. So you won't need rejection medication. That's the theory. That's how it's supposed to work. But they admit that we can't control, once you insert human DNA into that pig or any animal, we can't control where it's going to end up in that animal. And they're actually now saying this. It could very well end up going not just to create a human heart, but other human organs too inside that pig, including a human brain. And they say this. What are we going to do if all of a sudden a human brain is inside of a pig walking around. I'm not joking. They admit that's what they're... The scientists can't yet control exactly what happens to the human cells once they implant them into the pig embryo. There is a possibility that these human stem cells could grow into neurons and accidentally create a human mind trapped in a pig. To date, everything the researchers have done is legal, but what they're doing is highly controversial. Bioethicists say this research raises a lot of uneasy questions. The boundaries between what it means to be human and what it means to be non-human uh, can become quite blurred. Understatement of the year. I'm not going to say, thus saith the Lord. But now you're seeing what they're doing, not coming, already being done, being done for years. Now mixing and matching human attributes with animal attributes, creating half human, half animals. I will just say this. Maybe there's a little bit more truth to those Greek mythologies. We just thought there were stories they made up. 
history, there's a little bit more truth to what's going on that survived human history that we just say, oh, that's just stories they made up. Maybe there really was a half horse, half man. Just saying. They admit, quote, and when you give animals partly human brains, you would have animals that might actually have consciousness like a human. Duh. In fact, it might even develop human-type needs, quote, we don't really know. Well, that's reassuring. And what would we call these animals that have brains, human brains, inside of them? And at what point would our relationship with such creatures fundamentally change? That is, quote, when they learn to talk. You know, like the Dr. Doolittle thing. It's happening all over the world. Most people haven't heard of it. Quote, it's not only going to permanently change what it means to be human, but as the DNA of the human race becomes, their words, not mine, corrupted, it is easy to imagine a future where there are, quote, very few pure humans remaining. You know what happened last time? Last time when this happened on the planet? Very few pure humans remain. It rhymes with eight because it was eight. No one, his family. That's it. God said, get over here. I'm going to hit a restart button on humanity. Why did Satan do it? Because he was there when God made the promise after the fall of man. One day, the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent. So he knew that somebody from humanity was going to be born to crush his head. So he tried to pervert humanity to prevent Jesus from coming. And he almost made it. But God's always in charge. Eight people. He said, no, you don't. We'll just start all over again. Nuts. So as we close, it leads to the proverbial question. How far can you genetically tweak a human and they're no longer human, right? That's the big question in the room. Is it just a little bit? Is it a whole bunch? Is it 10%? Is it 90%? I mean, how much do you got to be changed? Not only altering your existing DNA and taking things out that are irreversible changes, as we saw, babies and humans already being done, but now starting to mix and match with animals. I mean, how far can you, and you're no longer human. Well, for those of you who don't realize, believe it or not, we also do documentaries. And we did one about three years ago called Human Hybrid Super Soldiers in the Coming Genetic Apocalypse. And I met a, many years ago, a geneticist uh, on the East Coast. And so we flew her out from the East Coast to film her in the studio. This is a person working in this industry. And during that interview, it's over a two-hour interview just with her in that documentary, if you want to check it out. But I asked her the proverbial question. Scientifically, how far can you change the human genome? And technically, scientifically, you're no longer a human. Watch what percentage she came up with. This is crazy. And so at what point have you changed so much... Right. That you're now a different species. Well, and that's the proverbial question. And that does come out throughout this whole uh, study. And I quote repeatedly as I came across it on video and in print. These people keep saying, how far can you go with this technology on humans? And you're no longer even a human. But to use their own analogy against them, so to speak, 99%, 98% humans chimps well there's the proverbial number how far can you go being genetically modified and you're not a human anymore just right. like a human is not an ape right it's what do the math it's one percent one percent so technically following their rule of what we could verify a human is not a chimp and a chimp is not a human 
If you get changed 1%, theoretically, you're not a human anymore. Right, which is scary. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Not 90%. Oh, it's got to be 51%. 1%. And what are these mega millenniacs doing? They're putting gene-altering technology in the food supply, in the shots, and they're promoting it. Get your own do-yourself kit. We've got to do this quick to save humanity. Again, they call it human 2.0, augmented humanity, post-human species. They know what they're doing. But the point is, it's a repeat of the days of Noah. And as Peter said, you better look at God's character. If he judged the fallen angels when they did this last time, if he judged the society of Noah who went along with this last time, if he judged the sin also of Sodom and Gomorrah, what's he going to do this time? He's going to do it again. And that's why Jesus said he's coming back. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. It's all being repeated. It's a sign he's getting close. And just like he said, when these things begin to take place, what do you do? <laughs> Stand up, man. Lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Why? Because what's the other biblical pattern? It isn't that if God judged the sin in the past, he's going to do it again. It's what? God will rescue the righteous before the judgment comes down. Whether it's Noah, Lot, it's perfectly consistent. So what's the translation for you and I? I'm never eating a hot dog. Well, that's a good step. I'm never eating a hot dog. Okay, I get you. That, I'm with you on that one. Well, more importantly, what's, what is it? Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back and get us, guys. We don't know the day they are, but man, it is running out. And before judgment can happen, God's got to take his people out of here. So let's finish strong. We know the way out of this mess. Let's tell people the truth of how to escape the judgment of God to come. That's why we're still here. That's, that's the only reason why we're still here, right? But he's coming back, so let's finish strong. Don't get distracted, right? The people of Noah's day, were they? Oh, yeah, you big wacko. I ain't got, I got busy work and stuff, and I ain't got time for that. Maybe next week I'll witness to something. Don't do that. Finish strong. But if you're here today, you need to get saved. This is not a joke. It's all being repeated. First book of the Bible, last book of the Bible. Genesis, Revelations, God's trying to tell you something. You need to get saved. He's willing to save you. He's willing to rescue you. But there's only one way out just like a Noah's day. This time it's only through Jesus Christ. Ask him to forgive you and save you before it's too late. Amen. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God out of love gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. 
uh, the, the Ten Commandments. The, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying. Okay. How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step, to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven. I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That, that's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. You, the, the word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against him and disqualified us that disqualified us for heaven right and we've actually seen this work in real life uh, for instance uh, there's been people who have committed crimes gone to court the gavel's been passed the judges said hey listen we all know you're guilty uh, you even admit you're guilty and uh, for your crimes you're going to not just jail you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty and did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row, it's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. 
Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what He was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is the Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave, and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly, and please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.